Hey, this is Jeff Loveland. Thank you for tuning in to Anchor for My Soul podcast, where we want to give a message of hope in the middle of the storm by anchoring ourselves to the Word of God. In each episode, we will grow in our spiritual walk a little more as we use the SOAP Bible study method to dive deep into Scripture, observe what God was teaching, and apply the lessons in our lives, and then pray about it. I hope this encourages you today and helps you go forward with Christ. Hey, welcome back to Anchor for My Soul podcast. This is your host, Jeff Loveland. In today's episode, we will be covering James chapters 3 and 4. Today's episode is called Fire from a Spark, where we will discuss the importance of taming our tongue. We will also review the two kinds of wisdom, that true wisdom from heaven and that foolish wisdom that is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Also, we'll go over the importance of submitting ourselves to God and we'll see what scripture says about boasting about tomorrow and our future plans. Out of all the episodes that I've done to date, this episode right here is the one that really hits home for me. This may be one of the most important messages that I've ever given. The importance of taming our tongue. You see that the tongue and the words that we say are used to give life and to encourage and to build up one another. But we can take that same tongue to bring destruction and even death. Unfortunately, I am one of those that struggle in this area from time to time. Majority of the time, I am there to help and to encourage others so that they can go do amazing things in the kingdom of God. And yet, there are times where I have torn others down with that same tongue and have said things that I might have regretted later. In James 3, verse 2, it says, We all stumble in many ways. Friends, I'm no different. There are times where I've been knocked down, disappointed, rejected, and flat out mad at God, the world, and others. And I let my anger and my words get the best of me. I too have sin, and I know that I am in need of a Lord and Savior that went to the cross to forgive me and everyone else of our sins so that we may have eternal life. Friends, I've cussed and said things that I don't mean to people that mean the most to me and those that I don't know well. I've also had heated conversations with the Lord and have found from time to time that I am no different than those that have said to crucify Him. Yet, Jesus loves me. And He loves you too. He went to the cross for me. He forgave me for my sins in the past, present, and future. And He saved me. In this chapter, we will read how one of the smallest things can light a spark that will ignite such a huge fire that we wish we didn't start. We will see how the tongue can get the best of us and cause our life to start going down a path that we have no business going down. I find that there are times when I'm weak and I let my shield down is likely the times where the devil 
shoots those fiery darts my way and others like me as well. And he, he gets us to start doing and saying things that we wish we didn't. Today, I hope this episode blesses you. I, help, I hope that it helps you be slow to speak, slow to anger, and to tame that tongue. Just know that the Holy Spirit that's moving through this message, well, just know that I'm preaching to myself just as much as I'm preaching to you. I pray that there is so much good fruit that comes from this message that lives are being changed simply by watching what we say and using our words to bring life and to praise God the way He should be praised. And from there, those words turns into action and many things start changing. God is good all the time, whether we realize it or not. He is worthy of our praise. The way we speak and live are to glorify Him. From this point forward, let's let our daily lives and our conduct give God glory wherever we go and with whomever we speak to. Today is a day where we light a spark that doesn't burn things to the ground, but brings revival in our hearts, in our families, in our communities, and in the kingdom. Instead of burning bridges and things to the ground, we are to ignite our passions to serve the Lord and to share the good news. Let's spread that fire throughout the kingdom. That too starts from a spark. Please turn your Bibles to James chapter 3 and 4. We will be reading on the New International Version, the NIV. James chapter 3, Taming the Tongue, verse 1. Now many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways, and anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? 
My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Two kinds of wisdom. Verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, you do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder in every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. James chapter 4. Submit yourselves to God. Verse 1. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think, Scripture says, without reason, that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? But he gives us more grace. That is why Scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves, then, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them, speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Boasting about tomorrow, verse 13. Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, 
you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. So that was our scripture reading for today. So now let's observe what it's saying. Let's apply it to our life and then let's pray about it. So first, let's talk about judgment. There will be a day where we all will stand before God and be judged as mentioned in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. That reads, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due for the things done while in body, whether good or bad. Think about all those moments where we rose to the occasion and were the hands and feet of Jesus because we cared for others and Christ's love compelled us. Also, think about all those times where we fell short of the glory and sinned. Maybe it was a small white lie. Maybe it was pride. Maybe it was a time where we were greedy and selfish and thought about us and what we wanted. Either way, whatever the sin was, we are guilty. But as we read in the scripture today, James chapter 3 and 4, those that want to be teachers of God's word. (laughs) If you want to be a teacher of God's word, please advise, because teachers will be judged more strictly. And for good reason. When you teach the word of God, there's a much greater responsibility. You are entrusted with pointing others to God's word and helping them grow and understand it. That is not a light duty. No wonder people are called to become teachers and preachers of the Bible. There are lives that hang in the balance based on whether God's word is truly being preached or if it's a message just to tickle someone's ears. Unfortunately, many will be led astray. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 through 14, it says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. That alone scares me. That scares me because there's so many different people teaching different things and not everything is true. You can tell who is preaching from God's word when you open up the Bible yourself and you match up what they say and it matches up to God's word. But it scares me that we just trust what people say and it may not be true or it may be a half truth with a little bit of a deception in there as well. So whatever we do, when someone teaches or preaches the word of God, it's important that you and I go seek God's word for ourselves. One quick note before continuing on, please, please do not stop from sharing your testimony with others or leading a small group or even sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. I say that because we're all called to go share the gospel. Matter of fact, 
we are we are to be prepared for this opportunity whenever it presents itself. We are to be part of the Great Commission. Here are several verses that tell us what we must do. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20, talking about the Great Commission. Then Jesus came to them, his disciples, and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason of the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. And the last verse I wanted to mention is in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and correctly handles the word of truth. I love this verse because this verse right here in 2 Timothy is so important because it is talking about correctly handling God's word. And we must be aware of what is being a true word from God's word or one from a false teacher. And we know that we are to uh, avoid false teachers. And we also know that, unfortunately, uh, those that are teaching a false word or a false gospel, uh, well, they've departed from truth and will ultimately and unfortunately destroy the faith of some. There is such a heavy weight for those that teach the word of God. I mean, think about it. People are entrusting those that are teaching from the Bible. Their faith and their understanding will likely come from someone who is teaching or preaching before they even open up a Bible. And their soul is based upon whether that teaching is accurate or not. And if that person is truly sharing the truth about God's word, or some variation of that truth to fit their narrative, it's going to be one of those two. It's either A, going to be God's true word, or a a narrative that they're trying to paint. Before we move on to my next point, let me share one last thought. Make sure that you do not just trust what anyone says, but go seek God's word for yourself and make sure it matches up with what they said. Matter of fact, I've been able to spot red flags before because someone said something, but I knew from my previous studying of the Bible that something didn't quite match up right. I just I, I instantly knew. And on the opposite end of that, there was a time where I went to see a pastor launch a brand new church, and I was so impressed by this gentleman because once he was preaching, he made a point to tell his congregation to, you know what, make sure you follow along in the Bibles as he reads because he wanted to make sure that they knew that what he said was the true word of God. I had so much respect for that pastor right there. Matter of fact, That's something that I want to do with every podcast 
or every episode I do, or or even if I teach or preach a message, or even a Bible study, whatever I do, I want to make sure I point people back to God's Word and let them know exactly where I found it so that they can follow along for themselves. That way they just don't take my word for it, they take God's word for it. My greatest fear, personally, is to misinterpret Scripture or just lead someone astray. That is why I always point people back to Scripture and verify information, and I am careful what I say. Because people's eternity is at stake. That is important to me. And I do not want to be the reason why they are not in heaven. Therefore, teachers will absolutely be held to a high standard and judged more strictly and for good reason. So that is about my 10-minute discussion or so on verse 1. So now that we covered that, let's move on to verses 3 through 12. And in those verses, we see two great examples of the power of the tongue and how we can use our tongue to change directions. We can go from a good path and we can instantly start going down a bad path based off of what we choose to say. The first example in James chapter 3 was of a horse with a bit in its mouth. Now a bit is a small metal piece that is in the horse's mouth that presses against the tongue or the upper part of the mouth and creates a little bit of a sensation or pain that causes the horse to turn directions. The second example is the ship rudder. This little piece near the stern of the boat or ship is used to steer the boat one direction or the other. It's amazing how something so small and looks insignificant can change the direction of something so big. The same goes with our tongue. We had the option to go one way or the other. As mentioned in verse 9 through 10, we can use our tongue to give praise, honor, and to glory to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and to God our Father. Or we can use it to curse one another, even though we are made in His image, God's likeness. And we can curse our Lord and Father or even use their names in vain. That is not good when that happens. And that should never happen. But unfortunately, it does. You see, our Lord and and God our Father, they are worthy of our love and praise, and their names should never be used as a curse. Also, our tongues can be used to build up one another, or we can tear each other down. We have the option on which we say and what we do with our tongue and our words, and where we steer our path. Just like that bit in the horse's mouth and the rudder of that ship, our tongue will really guide us down a path by what we say and do. So now we now that we know that our tongue can guide us down two different paths, one good and one bad, let's key in on verse 5 through 6. It says, Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes the great boats, uh, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire. A world of evil among the parts of the body, it corrupts the whole body, 
sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. Like Smokey the Bear reminds us in those TV commercials, only you can prevent forest fires. Well, the same goes for what we say and what words come out of our mouth. Only we can prevent setting a spark or a blaze by what we say. Only we can choose to uplift others instead of burning bridges and friendships. Sure, there are circumstances that start to lead us down the path. However, what comes out of our mouth is our choice. If we choose to curse someone, tear someone down, or talk about someone behind their back, or even to their face, or by phone or text, or uh, then we can start using that evil fire from hell to set everything ablaze and potentially ruin those friendships, opportunities, and be perceived in a different way. Is it worth it? No, it's not. Instead, we must be wiser than that. Now let's take this opportunity to discuss the two kinds of wisdom. Just like there are two ways that we can use our words from our tongue and our mouth, well, there are two different types of wisdom as well. One is driven by bitter envy, selfish ambition in one's heart, and is a wisdom that denies the truth, that of the Word of God. This type of wisdom is earthly and is unspiritual, demonic, and seems to show disorder and evil practice, as mentioned in verses 14 through 16. The other type of wisdom is one that comes from humility and is pure, peace-loving, full of mercy, and is from heaven. This type of wisdom comes from God, our Father, is manifested through God's Son, Jesus, and is made available through the Holy Spirit. Remember in John chapter 14, when Jesus was talking to his disciples about when he was about to go away and why that was so important? Well, in John 14, 15 through 17, and verse 26, it talks about the gift of the Holy Spirit, an advocate that will be sent and that will help us forever, the Spirit of truth, who will teach us and remind us of all things. Verse 15 says, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. And verse 26 says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. How nice is it to know that the Holy Spirit will teach us He will help us grow in our understanding of God's word and guide us as well. A constant reminder of truth who is always with us. Now, we must listen to that wisdom that comes from heaven and not that foolish wisdom that comes from earth. A great example of that foolish wisdom is found in Proverbs 26, verse 11 through 12, where it reads, As a dog returns to its vomit, So fools repeat their folly. Do you see a person wise in their own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for them.
Now let's observe chapter 4. And that talked about submitting ourselves to God and about boasting about tomorrow. Do you ever get down about something and then wish you had something that someone else had? Maybe it's a big house or a nice car or a prestigious job. Maybe you and your spouse are having a difficult season and you notice that other couples seem to be happy and that their families have everything going right. Do you sometimes desire those things that you currently do not have? We are all selfish people at times. We desire things and covet things and get mad when we do not have those things that we so much want. Well, chapter 4 starts off by talking about this very scenario and how it leads to fights and quarrels with other people. When we desire things and do not get what we want, well, then we choose to get mad and fight over those things. Verse 2 and 3 are pretty important to talk about. Verse 2 says, You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. And here we go. You do not have because you do not ask God. Did you catch that last part? You do not have because you do not ask God. Now, you might be asking yourself, wait a second. Did I not ask God for this or that when I last prayed? And yet, it's still not here. First off, I believe this is a common situation. But let me read verse 3 again and then ask you a couple questions before we go further. Verse 3 says, When you ask, you did not receive, because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So my questions are this. Question 1. When you asked God or prayed for something, was it something you wanted or is it something God would want? Basically, what was the motive? Something we want or God's will? Question number two. When you asked God for something, was it specific or general? I ask this because think about it. When you search for something on a search engine on the internet and you use a broad search, it takes some time to find the answer you're looking for. But when we narrow the, the specific search or what we are asking for, the answer is more specific as well. Communication is key. And we must communicate with God and we must ask him what we need. And he will give us what we need back. But if we just ask him for things that we want, and well, that may not match up with what he wants. But we need to be specific in our communication. But not only do we need to ask, we must seek him and we must listen as well. And then finally, question number three. If it is in God's will, what you prayed for or asked God for, was the answer to your prayer asked on your timeline or God's? Now, I'm not saying that what will and will not be answered. I'm not God. But what I do know from reading this passage is that our motives must be right. And whenever you ask for a gift or a blessing from someone, Typically, that gift or that blessing is on their timeline and not ours. Well, who are we to tell God when we need something? First off, He already knows what we need before we even knew it. And He knows when we need it by. Second, it's important to keep our motives right. 
and make sure we ask for needs and not just what we want. I say all that to say this. When you ask God, make sure your motives are good. Asking for something for the right reason and not selfish reasons. Sometimes some things we might ask for might seem like they're right in that moment. But in the end, after so much time passes, we realize, well, maybe I did not need that. And after so much time passes, we realize what what we really do need and what was just kind of a desire. Now let's cover the part where it talks about submitting ourselves to God and to resist the devil. Submit means to accept or to yield to a superior force or authority. And there is none greater than God in both of these cases. When we submit to God, well, the devil has no chance and he must flee. When we draw close to God, we pull away from the grasp of the devil and anything he tries to fling our way. So draw close to God more and more and more. When we do, we will start to become humbled. Verse 7 says, when we humble ourselves before the Lord, He will lift you up. When we face and endure trials and start to live a life more righteous and more on fire for the Lord, well, then we start purifying our hearts. We start getting this hunger to grow in our faith and in the Word. We draw close to God. Our prayer life becomes stronger. Our daily time in the Bible becomes stronger. Devotions are being read more and more and more. Our passion to disciple and to lead others to Christ becomes more and more. And we start sinning less and judging others less and start resisting that devil and his evil plans more and more. We are being changed and made new one day at a time. We can't have it both ways. We can't be friends with the world and one that follows God at the same time. He is a jealous God who doesn't want anything to get in the way of our relationship with Him. As believers in Christ, we are God's children. And He loves us too much to leave us focused on the world and not God's amazing grace, mercy, and love. Friends, please draw close to God. Leave things of this world behind. Finally, let's discuss boasting about tomorrow. Before we go any further, let me say this. I am a planner. I plan everything. I set goals. I have strategies and backup plans. I even set meetings and connect with others to discuss future plans and future events. Yes, it's good to have a plan and goals to go after. However, Realize nothing is promised. We are not promised another day or even another breath. We do not know what tomorrow brings, either good or bad. But we do know this. When things start to get rocky, we know that God is always with us. And we know that there is victory in the end. When life happens and plans get canceled or changed, Whatever the reason is, we know that God can turn everything for his good. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good, for those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. 
In Genesis 50, verse 20, it says, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, in order to bring about this present result, to preserve many people alive. And Philippians 2, verse 13, For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for His good pleasure. So all that, I just want to share my final observation. Why you do, uh, uh, verse 14 says, Why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, If it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. To me, when I read this, one of the greatest dangers is to say, I will do that later especially when it comes to something that God has placed in front of you. If you have a prompting from the Holy Spirit to pray for someone, please go pray for them. You may not know why, but it's important. You might get a prompting at like 2 or 3 or even 4 in the morning to just all of a sudden you need to pray for this person. It's important that you pray for them. If you believe the Lord wants you to go share the gospel somewhere, Please, go share the gospel where the Lord leads you. We do not know when our last day is, nor the person or people who are to pray for or to minister to. So really, do not boast about tomorrow. If it's the Lord's will, we will have another day to accomplish what He wants us to accomplish. But our lives are a quick flash, and then it's over. Do not waste time and put things off that God wants you to do now. At the same time, do not worry about what tomorrow holds. I will finish with this last verse from Matthew chapter 6, verse 34. It says, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Friends, we do not know what tomorrow holds, so let's not boast about it. If the Lord blesses us with another day, great! Then keep going forward with what God puts in front of you. But do not take one day for granted. Each day is a gift and a blessing from God. So how do we apply these two powerful chapters to our lives? I have four ways we can do this. One, we must watch what we say and choose to say things that bring life and not death. Two. We must know that the true wisdom comes from God and seek Him rather than someone who may be foolish to the things that are wise. And three, do not covet and ask God things with selfish motive. Instead, submit to Him. When we submit, we are in the correct mindset and posture to receive the amazing things that He has for us. God is a good Father who knows how to give good gifts and how to answer prayers. But we must submit to Him first. Verse 4. Know that we are never promised another day, and be thankful with each day that we receive, and accomplish what He wants us to accomplish in the time that He gives us. That's a pretty simple application, I feel. We need to watch what we say. We need to know where the true wisdom comes from. That's God. 
We must not covet and we need to ask things with the right motive and submit to God. And to know that we are never promised another another day and be thankful for what we have and accomplish what we have in the time that we are given. Let's end in prayer. Father, you are so good. You're such a good father. God, you are you are with us each and every day. You know exactly what we need when we need it. You know, you give us so much wisdom. If only we seek you and your wisdom and not anything from this earth, but seek you. Because we know what you have for us is true. Father, I just, through this lesson today, I just want to thank you. One, that you you gave your son to us to be here with us, to teach us these amazing things, and then to leave us so that we may be forgiven. And so that we can have the Holy Spirit with us day in and day out, always with us, to guide us and teach us things that are true and everything you want us to know. How amazing is that? Father, I pray right now that as you continue to give us wisdom and direction and guidance and teach us these amazing things for our lives, that we learn how to say things in a healthy way, that we learn how to not tear down people, but only build them up and only to encourage, to watch what we say, to be careful what what words come out of our mouth, that our tongue does not get the best of us. Father, I pray right now that each person listening right now, that we just sit there and think for a moment, what are the things that I've been talking about? What are the things I've been saying? And I pray right now that each and every one of us make an extra effort to seek you and start saying things that only you would say. Things that bring life, that encourage and build up one another. Father, I pray that we stop coveting things. And asking for things in a selfish motive. I pray that we submit to you in all things. And that and we are in that, that posture. In that, that place where you need us to be to receive what we need to receive. I pray that we only ask for things that really help us complete what we need to do while we're here on earth. And while we are here, that we do not take each day for granted. But we are thankful for each day. That we live each day to the fullest in glorifying you in all that we do. Reaching who we need to reach, pray for who we need to pray for, and to share the gospel. That is such good news. And, And when you have good news, who wants to keep that held back? We need to keep it going forward and share it everywhere we go. So Father, I just pray for a a fresh boldness for every listener listening. I pray that we seek you in all things that you guide us in all things, and you keep us going forward in a humble manner, humble and hungry and willing to serve you, Lord, in all that we do. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Anchor for My Soul podcast. If you would like to help us reach further and hear daily content in the near future, 
We ask that you share this podcast with your friends and also consider becoming a financial partner to help us reach further for Jesus and to share the word. We are blessed to have listeners who pray for us and go make a difference in the kingdom. Please check out our website, www.anchorformysoulpodcast.com, where we have our past episodes, information about the podcast, and even who I am. If you so feel led to become a financial partner, you can either go to our website or you can go to anchor.fm backslash anchor for my soul podcast. Together we make a difference. God bless.